All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. What is good, everybody? It's the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Batano. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosen. What's going on, Rosie? What is happening? Yeah, big week, man. Excited for Brian Burke here coming up in a few minutes. That's about it, buddy. Yeah, we got Brian Burke, former Leafs GM, now with the PHWA coming on, um, and and that's it's always it's always fascinating when Burke speaks about Toronto Maple Leafs or anything in general. So Brian Burke's coming up in about twenty five minutes or so. The Edmonton Oilers actually lose a hockey game. That was sort of perplexing. Fifty days. Like I, I was trying to think about that and put into context last night. It had been fifty days since the last loss for that team. That was a really good one. Did you catch it? Uh, I didn't. It was an absolute tear they were on. I was worried. I said, if something's going to wreck this streak, it's going to be the all-star break. I mean, everything's different when you come back for that. Uh, your mind is in a different place. Your body's in a different place. It's a different look. And uh, I don't know. I hammered a whole bunch of unders yesterday. Didn't think it would be a high-scoring affair. Guys are getting their legs back and whatnot. Tons of them hit. But uh, those Edmonton Oilers couldn't quite get it. I think they got goalied a little bit, too, by Aiden Hill. So, I mean, all good things come to an end, but what a what a wild streak they were on. Absolutely wild. You know what's also wild? John Tavares has taken the CRA to court, man. <laughs> Wake up to this story today. And um, I, I thought this would happen more often, but, I mean, there's obviously a massive dispute here. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, it was an $8 million tax bill on a $15 million check. Like, fucking Canada, pull your heads out of your asses, man. That's just so outrageous, but... At the time um, 
when I was playing, especially if you play in the state, I mean, your, your taxes are very complicated because technically you're working in every state that you go play in. So you have to file in like eight or nine different states. You have to file in the U S you have to file in Canada. It's very, it's very convoluted. I don't claim to know about it at all, but it sounds like there's just simply a discrepancy over how, what percentage this check is supposed to be taxed at john thinks it's 15 percent, and the cra seems to think it's 38 38 um and there's like an embargo or a treaty with the u.s and canada on certain things that says you know if you're xyz you're allowed to have this different rate and all those all those uh you know, those details that i don't know i'm surprised that they're gonna have to go to court it seems like it should be pretty cut and dry this is the rule here it is but uh they're trying to nail him for 38% plus interest. And I mean, that obviously eight on 15 is over 50%. So how much interest are they trying to ding this guy on? And why hasn't this been taken care of since eight years ago? Wasn't it yeah. 2016 when he signed Six. this thing? It's yeah. just the whole thing's kind of weird, but an absolute mess. There's nothing worse than tax pain for old John Boy. Yeah, this is incredible to me. This dates back to the uh, time he signed with the lease back in 2018. And the Tavares side arguing the bonus should have been taxed at only 15% under a provision of a Canada-US taxation treaty. Where the other side, as you mentioned, like imagine paying $8 million in taxes for a $15.3 million signing bonus. Like I, I understand why he's upset. <laughs> Kiss my ass, but I would say unbelievable just to watch this government piss it right down their leg. Don't get me going. But uh, yeah, man, that's a stressful time. I mean, yeah, he's worth millions and millions of dollars, but it's all relative, man. It doesn't like you could look at yourself right now watching this podcast and you have exponentially more money than a guy laying on the street right now. But if someone tried to come and take your next paycheck and whack it off at 60%, you would be pissed off. And it doesn't matter who you are. That's uh, that's a big problem. And I'm sure he's got his accounts going bananas right now trying to figure it out. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully it works out. Honestly, I hope John wins that. And it, it is 15%. Seems a little more fair than 8 million on 15. Like, thanks. I made this. I'll just give it all to you. That's insanity. I, I just want to see the guy win in his career as a Maple Leaf. I don't care how it happens. If it happens off the ice, I think that's fantastic. And and maybe we uh, we get a scope into why he was truly pissed off the other night when he was like a one-on-five scrum to finish that hockey game. He really showed some emotion and heart. He's otherwise a robotic, uh, but again, played excellent the other night against the Islanders. I'm making a joke, but um, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, we, we really don't hear from that side of the spectrum behind the scenes and all the tax stuff. And it's often brought up like the, the lower tax states and all that stuff. But I, I think it's a, it's a unique story that I thought we'd hear more about, but what we don't hear in Canada, it's weird. Yeah, not much. I mean, I just got a bill from the, the state of California from 2014. And wow. apparently this was supposed to be paid. I didn't get it. I don't know what address they had, but weird, weird that it's uh that it's California coming after more money to, absolutely vaporize into thin air but uh yeah i just had to pay something now so i don't know what uh i don't know how it works i don't even know what the stuff is but um i talked to my accounts and stuff and they're just like yeah it's just outstanding from i don't even know if she knew so it is it is the way it is but yeah there's it's tax time is no fun i'm glad i don't play or live in the states anymore because it was just such a ringamarole and even the experts are like holy shit you hockey players have a tough time with uh with your tax setup and how many places you got to file and everything it's it's a lot of hoops to jump through so uh i'm not surprised that there are some hiccups but yeah you don't hear about them very often because they're not as big as this johnny t one 
You heard it here first, Jay Rosso coming out of retirement to fight the state of California. So that's coming very, very soon at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube, search Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast, leave us a five-star review. We would love that very much. And again, Brian Burke is coming up in about 20 minutes here on Leafs Morning Take, brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25 in uppercase. 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. So I know we were missing you yesterday, but Sheldon Keefe again calls out another player, I guess, indirectly. But obviously the media is going to go right to Timothy Lilligren at practice. But Keefe sort of doubled down on everything yesterday. First and foremost, what did you make of him in that, that peewee chirp the other night? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just feel like Keith's finally shown some frustration, you know, um, he for so long there, like a, a couple of years for sure. It was like, dude, why don't you call a spade a spade and call these guys out for their horse shit? And he wouldn't ever do it. And it was kind of frustrating. Now he's doing it. And I get why he didn't at the beginning. I mean, you say one thing about one guy and they're going to talk about it for a week in the media. So I understand. But um you know, it's just a bad play. I was watching it and I'm just like, like, come on, you guys, you're on the power play. It's 10, nine, eight, seven, six. I mean, the goalie's banging his stick and you have zero awareness of, of the time on the clock. That's part of your job, right? It is the NHL. It is the highest level of hockey you can play. It is a privilege to be on that power play and brain farts happen. People make mistakes. I get it, but it's just like, it's it's like my U11 team that's like wouldn't have any concept that they're even on the power play. They forget stuff. And it's like, it's understandable at that level. But at the NHL level, it's like, man, a guy comes out of the box and gets a breakaway right on his tape and just flattens Sammy all alone. Like it's, it's unacceptable. Bottom line, unacceptable. And I understand why Keith's calling it out, but he's doing it more and more lately. And I feel like the frustration setting in and maybe he's starting to feel like maybe there's some writing on the wall if things don't change and he's starting to deflect and say, Hey, just so you know, I'm doing everything I can from my end. These guys have got their heads up their ass and maybe it's going to start to, you know, deflect onto the players a little more than he has in the past. I don't know, but I could understand why that would start to be happening at a time uh, in, 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 in the season, like right now. Yeah. That's a sense I've gathered. Like, I mean, if you were to do this two years ago, I would understand, but it's a lot different now when your back's against the wall, the the pressure's building up. I mean, Keith's got to know like this has to be the year where you do something significant in the Stanley cup playoffs. You got to make the playoffs. There's a lot of pressure right now. And I feel like the last month specifically, he's really, really started to crack. Having said that, I think it's such a lazy narrative and a lazy excuse for people to say, this team's not good enough on the back end. Rosie, they're making like peewee mistakes. Like, I don't think, I don't think Keith should be scrutinized for a legitimate, legitimate call of a brain fart. Like this is something you learn in peewee and these are professional hockey players. And it just seems like across the roster. And maybe you could tell me better than anybody else. Like, does this stem back to the coach? Like, why aren't these guys prepared? Why do they make mistakes like this? Like even the winning goal, from Pierre Engvall the other night was like mistakes. Just get the puck out of the zone. Like we sort of joked simplifying the game. I'm like, is it, could it be that hard? And you're like, no, not really. And then they go into that game. They didn't simplify. And that's why they don't even pick up a point. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know, man. Like a team as a collective, how they're operating is, is, you know, when it's firing on all cylinders, it's not 
really known. You can't write it down on a piece of paper and say, this is what they're thinking going into the game. This is where their heads are all at collectively. It just, they go together, they put their product on the ice and it works together, right? They, they feed off each other. Um, they understand where they're going to be. They, they don't panic because they support each other and they're all on the same page. And it's, it's very beautiful when you get 20 guys on the same page like that. It's hard to do. Every single team is trying to do it. But this team, I mean, historically has had a lot of trouble getting on the same page, like starting games just with their heads completely in outer space. It's like, how does that happen? Um, having three, four goal leads that they just give up. Like, how does that happen? That's a mental thing to me. And a lot of the times I was certainly, you know, and still possibly am looking at Keith going, are you not getting these guys? Like, are you trying to, are you trying to find different ways to, to foster that idea of everyone being on the same page and being prepared? Or are you just saying the same old thing over and over again and beating a dead horse? I don't know. I'm not in that locker room, but it's definitely a give and take. I mean, Keith could stand there and go, I've said all I need to say. I've said all the right things that, any coach could possibly say, and these guys go out there and they don't do anything that I'm asking of them. Or the players could be like, you know what? This guy is just a broken record saying the same shit. We've kind of tuned him out and we're trying out there to do it ourselves. And it's kind of a, you know, a bunch of individual efforts that aren't working together as a unit, whatever the case is. And it's got to be a little bit of both, a little bit of column A, column B, but it, it, it's just too inconsistent on this, on, in this organization right now, far too inconsistent to be anything of a threat. I think this guy's tapped out Um, his quotes from yesterday, by the way, after practice, we've got a good team here. We've got good players as a coaching staff. We need to do a better job with them and work with them and help them recognize our own goal and getting the team to play to its potential. I think we've done that. I would say about 50% of the games we've been really, really good. That's not enough. That's not enough in the NHL. What'd you make of the 50% comment? 50% of the games he thinks they've been good. Like, is that supposed to be like a a positive or like, Hey, look at us. We're doing it. Like imagine, imagine anyone listening to this, you go to your, you go to your boss and you're talking about your job. You're like, Hey, look, I'm out there doing the right things. I mean, 50% of the time I show up and, and do things properly. (laughs) You'd get laughed out of the room, but I, yeah, fuck. I don't know if you, I was he, I didn't see it in, uh, in person only on text. So I don't understand that. I don't know the tone that he was saying it in. Like, was he proud of that? Or was he saying, you know, was it, was it a positive light that he was saying that in? I don't know. It's certainly, he's smarter than that, man. I can't imagine he's sitting there going, Hey guys, we're, we're playing 500 hockey. We're, we're where we need to be, but I don't know. It's just, it's frustration on all levels, except the players. I think they're good at masking their frustration, not showing the media, their frustration because they will get torn apart. Uh, That's frustrating for people and fans and, and people that follow this team because you're like, show some emotion, show, show that you feel what we feel, show that you care and that you're going to try to change things and that you're doing everything you can and that you realize this is unacceptable. I I understand that frustration from the fan standpoint as well, but it's just, you had these expectations going into this season, you know, the signings of, of Domi and Bertuzzi to, to fill out some depth were certainly, you know, high expectations that haven't panned out um, to start the season. Sammy was no good walls hurt right now. Our defense just continues to struggle. Um, you know, there's certainly shining lights of like Austin Matthews is running, you know, Willie's tear at the beginning of the season, which now he's fallen off since signing a contract lo and behold. So lots of ups and downs, but overall just frustration on the expectations of this team. And then where we're at right now. I mean, people are talking about, 
being sellers at the goddamn deadline and they're supposed to be Stanley Cup contenders. It's a frustrating time of year. And, you know, again, it just comes down to that consistency. You just don't get the good stuff out of this out of this team even close to enough to be acceptable for this uh, city. Never shortage of storylines, uh, as you know, in this market. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Seagram's VO Select Canadian Whiskey, artfully blended and impeccably crafted. Make it your very own. Seagram's VO Select is currently available in select LCBO stores in Ontario. Uh, Joseph Wall took part in his full, full first full practice, I should say, since being injured. Uh, he's been out since December 7th with a high ankle sprain. There's a positive, Rosie. We like that. Yeah, totally. I'm looking. That's kind of the one thing coming out of All-Star break. I'm like, I want to see Wolsey. And we talked about it, uh, what was it, on the last show, that, you know, he's still a ways away. And just because he's back at practice, I mean, that's the next big step. Now I do everything with the team, the same schedule, Sands playing the actual game. So the next step will be him backing up, I would imagine. And then you're starting. And it's about time, man. I mean... I'm not saying anything against him or the Leafs or any of that. It, it, these high ankle sprains are what they are, but man, it's been a long time. Like I can't remember his last game. Um, it seems like back in, you know, early fall, like it seems like a, a long time ago. Yeah, I know. But it seems like a long time ago uh, when he was in the lineup and, you know, you're, you're waiting with anticipation to see what he's got. Does he pick up where he left off? Is there a hiccup? Is he, you know, could he re-aggravate all those things? But you know, Sammy's been pretty good since he comes back, but I think the big next thing is like, what does Wool have for us? Can he steal a bunch of games and get these guys on on track? And certainly there's gonna be naysayers that say he's too inexperienced. And why would you expect that in this market? And it's like, well, stranger things have happened. He is very high stock. We talked about it before. Everyone who knows this kid for a long time coming up through the ranks in St. Louis has said this guy is different, special, studly. And uh, I hope he can come in and play that. But that's the next exciting thing on the agenda, I think. Imagine a scenario where they have a healthy Joseph Wall and they have Samsonov to play the way he's been playing. And then you have like Martin Jones, if you need it as an insurance option, like how different this Leafs team could look with goaltending, you know, is, is going to be good enough to win an, on a game by game basis. Cause that's, what's played them throughout the season, especially when Elias Samsonov has played in the first half was like, he got out there, but they had to score six goals, which meant they had to open things up, which meant, I mean, things went awry really, really quickly. I think it just adds so much different. Like we just talked about Vegas. They, they beat Edmonton, but Aiden Hill, I mean, he was a big story why they win the cup last year. He was awesome. Um, on, on Tuesday night, you need your goaltender to steal the show sometimes. And I think that gives him a better chance, obviously with Joseph Wall and a Samsonov tandem with Samsonov playing the way he has been lately. Yeah, for sure. You look at these younger goaltenders coming out, you know, the Aiden Hills stole, you know, a cup, you know, look at Bennington coming in for St. Louis a few years back and, you know, Shesterkin and Ottinger up and coming goaltenders. And when you're that, you, you know, when you can really steal the show in the crease, you can you can instill so much confidence in your team. You can cover up for so many defensive mistakes and you can let your guys kind of fly a little bit with some more confidence. But that's why I, I don't think it's worth it to go get a UC Soros or something or, or to to waste anything more on on a on a goaltender that you don't even know is going to make a difference. Like, what do you you got, Sammy? You got Wall. Like, what is that message does that send, especially to Wall, who could potentially be your future in that, um, who's played well, who came in in the playoffs last year, played fantastic. He's sitting there going, what the hell do you want from me? I'm an up-and-coming stud who's given you everything you've asked for. 
when asked for it. And then you go out and get some guy at the deadline right when I'm coming back from an injury that's not on me. Like, that's just a bad message to send. I think they're much better suited tackling their problems on the on the on the back end for their defense if you shore that up that that only bolsters you know Samsonov and and Wolves chances of flourishing because you know with the way their D is right now there's not I mean look at what the the Las Vegas Golden Knights had in front of him last year like are you yeah. kidding me much easier to 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 be the guy that steals the games and everything else but when you got a shit D in front of you even when you're standing on your head man you get peppered with 42 shots you're going to let that one in. You can only do it for so long. You can be Patrick Juan is prime, but you're going to let in that one goal and it's, you're going to lose the game for three. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, you have to bolster up that D in my, in my mind. That's where they need to put their, their eggs in that basket. Because I think that, you know, Wolsey or Sammy or Martin Jones, I think they're kind of covered on, on, on the defensive or on the goaltender position. And I'd like to see them uh, spend in a different area. I know what you're saying. Like, you want to solidify that blue line, but I just think UC Saros is an elite company. Like, I know Joseph Waller's potential, but I'm trying to win right now. And with a guy who's got minimal experience um, in, in the playoffs, I, I just think you want that guy who could potentially be the guy that you don't have to talk about for the next 10 years. And Joseph Waller's great. He's got the potential, but the sample size is small. And I think that's why the conversation is out there. And on top of that, like, it's no longer even dating back to your era, Rosie, like it's no longer a league where you're, you're starting goalie plays 65 games. You need, like we've seen it this year, you need at least two guys. Right. So I think that's why the conversation is stemming. And obviously it's gotten a bit quieter now with Samson off playing, but I, I think you're always looking for that guy that you're not going to worry about for like 10 years. And while Wall certainly is on the path to that conversation, I think there's still some wonder about about the guy. Like he's only played a handful of games in this league, you know? Yeah, understood. I mean, and there's nothing that he can do about that. He is only True. so old. I mean, it's not his fault. It's not like some guy who fell off the planet and had to make a comeback. And you're like, well, he's pretty. <laughs> he's just a young kid who's done, like I said, everything you've asked of him when he's gotten a shot, including stepping into the playoffs last year, getting to the second round for the first time in 20 years and being a part of that story. So, I mean, he's sitting there going, like, what else do you want me to do? Everyone else is getting their shot. When you look at the other goaltenders around the league that are young, he's like, you're just going to go against against me when I haven't even had a hiccup for you guys. So I just, I get it. But if, if you go get Soros and lock him up for 10 years, like that's a different story. I would yeah. just rather see that happen in the off season or whatnot. I feel like, this team is what it is right now. They got their goaltenders in place. They need to fix their defense and then go into the playoffs and yeah. see what they can do. And I would not be against getting a UC Soro in the, yeah. in the off season type thing. I just don't, I just don't see it working to throw him in net and say there are problems are solved because I don't yeah. think they will be. No, I, I agree. Like a lot of work has to be done. I was even talking to somebody over all-star weekend. I'm like, you like, I mean, any guy who comes to this market, he could be Patrick walk comes here and like, it's a different animal. It's a different animal to play goalie in Toronto. But again, we're feeling good about Joseph Wall, hopefully a couple weeks here away from returning to that Maple Leafs crease. Shots on goal, GA and PPG can make or break your week, but don't overlook BPMM. Wendy's is bacon, portobello, mushroom melt. Sure may not help you win weekly prizes with Wendy's and daily face-off fantasy, but unlike your predictions, it never disappoints. So try your luck, but don't push it because the bacon, portobello, mushroom melt is only back for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up for Daily Faceoff today, sponsored by Wendy's and the Wendy's app. So getting set for another Maple Leafs home game, Rosie, we talked about this yesterday. 
The Leafs stinking up the joint at Scotiabank Arena this season, 2-6-0 in the last eight, 11-10-2 overall. And they got a really, really good Western Conference opponent in town tonight. It's the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I mean their their record against the Dallas Stars is phenomenal. I mean they're they've smashed them going back years, so that's what's in their favor right now. But yeah, a talented team for sure. Um, I don't know why their their home record is so bad. Like, remember last year when Samsonov was like ten and zero at home or something crazy, and they had a wicked a wicked home record, and now it's just they're terrible at Scotiabank. I don't know why that is, but um, you know, if you want to play the history angle on how they fare against certain organizations in the past you could look at that positively and say here's a good night to get uh to get a win against dallas and i would put my money on that i think coming off a loss they're they're pretty good at bounce backs and and rectifying you know bad performances which they had against the islanders and uh there's reason to believe guys could maybe be getting going you got the legs out the cobwebs off your back in you know your routine after the all-star break and they traditionally have really good uh, success against the Dallas Stars. So tough one for sure. Tough test. And I I just know they're trying to rectify that home record, man. There's no reason for it. Not surprising, but uh, Ilya Samsonov confirmed moments ago as he's starting that minor for this game. It's the back end of a back-to-back, by the way, for Dallas. Jake Ottinger, who was here for All-Star Weekend, was superb last night in Buffalo, a 2-1 victory. So Scott Wedgwood, I think, is going to start this game for the Dallas Stars. You referenced their last meeting October 26th, the 4-1 win for the Leafs in Dallas. Since 2020, the Maple Leafs have won five in a row and six of seven against the Dallas Stars. You know this being on the tour. There are some teams you just play well against, and there's some you just shit the bet against. Like Arizona's coming up twice in the next couple weeks. You know we're fading the Leafs for those two games. Like they just, there's opponents where they just don't do well against, unfortunately. Yeah, and I never like to go... I don't like to pull those stats into years past. It's like you had a different goalie. You had a different roster. You had a different philosophy. You had different systems. You had a different assistant coach running this unit or that. It's like, get it. Don't give me that shit. Everybody is different. Don't like, I hate that when they go to years past, go, well, for the last two years, I don't give a shit what happened two years ago. It is irrelevant to what's going to happen tonight, but within the season and how they've handled them for sure. Um, you know what, what that team's doing, how they're building, how you match up against them, what your best look is against theirs, goaltending matchups, power plays, kills, all those things add up to, you know, we just seem to fit nicely against this team and rattle off wins and they can't seem to solve us. And our system and style of play seems to stifle them and they seem to struggle with it. So it totally makes sense. And they have had success against Dallas and, you know, a pretty convincing 4-1 win last time they played, which, you know, I hate to say it, but it's pretty rare to, to kind of blow a team out like that if you want to call that a blowout, which you'd think this organization in, in the Maple Leafs would do more often with all their firepower, but they just don't. So, you know, hopefully they, they rectify it. And again, like I said, um, I was never a fan of of the first game back from All-Star break when everyone's kind of got their jello legs going and the lactic acid is burning and your timing's a little off and the puck's a little heavy and your skates feel weird. Um, you know, hopefully that's gone now and they've got themselves back in their routine and feel like they're midseason form again. I hear excuses because the Islanders are in the same boat and they won that hockey game. I really do, Rosie. I really do, buddy. True. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Robertson versus Robertson tonight as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, the following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. Unlock the ultimate birthday party, team-building event, or have a great date night with your significant other. To find a location and book an outing today, go to battlegrounds.com. That's B-A-T-L-Grounds.com. As we bring in today's guest, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, it is Brian Burke. What's going on, Berkey? Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. What do you think of All-Star Weekend? Good. Before I start, there's three busloads of Hamilton firefighters that just came into the building. They're all excited that I'm here. I told them I got to do this interview, and then I'll go out and say hello. But there's quite a bit of noise in the back. And I'm not telling three busloads of firefighters to do anything. <laughs> are those hamilton boys there for a calendar shoot or what's going on there Berkey? <laughs> they have a little tournament i guess i've seen oh, nice those fire and police games i played in a couple of them they're not for the faint of heart no they get heated don't they <laughs> they got no fuse they have no fuse these guys if they get slashed usually you swear at the guy you turn you say something he swears there's a build-up to it there's a rhythm to the fight but the firefighters and the cops it just goes. It just starts. <laughs> a lot of built-up energy. I'd like to think that the firefighters usually get the best of them uh, all over the world when they have those things. Not just saying, just saying. Uh, I, I played for the police team when I was the assistant GM in Vancouver. Uh, it's called the Vancouver Heat, the B team. The A team, the A, the Vancouver police team, the A team, they travel all over the world. They got a really good team. We weren't yeah. so good. We had a lot of fun, though. Yeah, those speaking of fun, fun. Uh, it's it's great to have you on once again, Berkey. I mean, I mean, what did you? Um, I saw you obviously a couple of days over that at All Star Weekend. What'd you make of it? Well, I think it couldn't have gone better. I think that uh, I, I love how people nitpick. You know, Nick, they they say, "Well, they could have done this better. They could have done that better." For example, I I coached in a pride game on Saturday morning. It was at nine o'clock in the morning. There was no one there, and people say, "Oh, they could have showcased it, done it better." We didn't want it to go head to head with the women's game. Gary Bettman came to the game, visited with the players, like didn't just show up and hand out a check, gave a check for $25,000 to the Toronto Gay Hockey Association. They did everything they could to make it perfect. So I think it was great. I thought the skills were great, um, except for Cooch. I thought Cooch could have done better. I thought the game <laughs> was great. That? Took it seriously. I liked the celebrities. You know, the celebrities were all active participants. Michael Bublé is a good friend of mine. 
So that was good. But uh, no, I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. And I, I don't usually like All-Star. I, I think All-Star is a necessary evil. I know we need to do it for sponsors and media coverage. And it's a necessary evil for me. But I thought this one was exceptional. For sure. Berkey, you weren't the friend that gave Buble those microdose of mushrooms, were you? Uh, what are mushrooms? <laughs> Portobello, Portobello. <laughs> Moving on to the... We're none of the Leafs there, Berkey. Um, lots going on. You know, from your perspective, last time we talked to you, we were talking about that Nylander contract. You said you wouldn't give him over 11. He got 11.5. Fair enough. Or right around the same ballpark. But he's kind of fallen off since, since like the day he signed that thing. And I think if you could give a knock on William Nylander, it's, you know, effort level at certain times when his motivation might be low. And, you know, some people could point the finger since he signed that contract. He has not been the same guy. Well, I think there's a, my history with players has been, there's, um, I, I think there's a, a fall off on a lot, when a lot of guys sign Jay, and it's it's not because they say, okay, I got the money, I don't need to work hard. It's not a, a deliberate fall off. It's, you're talking life-changing money. His family is set for life now. They were anyway, but they're set for life now. And I think there's a natural fall off. I've seen it happen with players even really intense players, guys that you know care and are going to give you everything they can. But all of a sudden, their life has changed. All that pressure, stay healthy, do things right, all that, that's all gone. And I think a lot of teams or a lot of players historically have taken a step back right after they get a new deal. And I've called players in. I said to them, look, you got 100 points last year. You don't need to get 110 points. You don't need to get 120 points. We signed you, get 100. Just do what you did for last year. That'll be enough. It's not. They can't feel. They still feel the pressure. I've got to get better. And so sometimes it takes some time for it to work out. I'm not willing to say to you guys that this is a permanent fall off because William Melander doesn't care. It's way too early for that. Yep. Definitely, definitely. And uh, we are approaching the March 8th trade deadline. Your your Leafs related trade deadline wish list. What what would that entail? What would that include? Well, I think it's a short list because of the cap. Um, and I, I support, let's go back. When when Nylander signed with Toronto initially, I think a lot of people now have been critical and said, you know, the big four, it's too much money. I said it at the time. I said it in real time on Sportsnet. I said it's a mistake. That being said, last year and this year, William Nylander has been exceptional. He's been exceptional. And I don't think they had any choice but to sign him, even though it perpetuated the big four, even though it tied their hands with other stuff. So I don't know what else they do. They've got to figure out the goalie. Uh, I thought the rebound control the night before last was horrible. And I, I don't know why none of the announcers picked up on it. Maybe they did and I didn't hear it. But I thought every shot, there was a big rebound, every single one. I get some of them are hard shots. And the goalie's got to focus on stopping that puck no matter what. If there's a rebound, there's a rebound. It's someone else's job. I get that. But there can't be a juicy rebound on every shot. And I thought there were rebounds on every shot. So I think some of the loss was self-inflated. I didn't like Morgan's – I love Morgan Riley, but his play on the third goal, obviously, was sleepy sleepy a little bit. But I think you got you got to excuse Morgan Riley for making one mistake the way he's been playing. So – to me, I'd say they need up uh, need to upgrade their defense. 
Yeah, so we've been talking about that ourselves as well. You know, talking about UC Soros potentially being available. Do you put a goaltender in there? Samsonov's come back and been pretty good last last game. Joseph Wall, everything you've asked of that young kid to come in and in tough situations, he's came and performed for you. Would you, I mean, like you say, the cap, there's limited movement you can make, limited prospects and picks. You'd focus more on, on the defense than the goaltender situation I'm getting? I don't think you can solve the goaltender problem. I think the best you can do is get a Band-Aid that maybe makes you better, maybe doesn't. Samsonov has certainly been better the last 10 games or so or eight games. Certainly been better. Maybe you take your chances on him. Maybe you've got limited assets to spend. you got limited assets to expend to get assets back. You don't have any draft picks. you stripped the system. And again, trying to win, I'm not being critical. We were short of draft picks in Pittsburgh, but we got two rings before we got short of draft picks. So guess what? We were short of draft picks. Tampa's short of draft picks. Guess what? They got two rings. So sometimes it makes sense. You know my rant about the trade deadline and how there's only one cup. I called. I checked with the league again today. They're only <laughs> awarding one Stanley Cup. Right. And therefore, you're going to see 14, 15, 16 teams make major moves, and only one of them is going to have a parade. I checked. It's only one. So you're going to see guys blow their brains out like every bloody year for no reason at all. So you start with limited assets to spend to get players, limited cap space. You're not going to be able to do very much in my mind, unless you can make a hockey deal or two and not worry about rentals. Yeah, and I think it's going to be difficult for Maple Leafs team, as you just referenced the salary cap. But, Berkey, there is this belief that the higher-ups, maybe in Toronto, um, don't feel this team is capable of winning the Cup this year. Um, would you sell? Would you buy? Would you hold? Is it a tough sell to ownership, by the way? I mean, you've been in this position to say, hey, like we're a perennial contender. We think we're a perennial contender, but this might not be our year. Well, I never got the team in that position, to be honest with you, Nick. I, I'm yeah. very honest about my time in, in Toronto. And I always say this with a grain of salt. Take everything I say about the Toronto Maple Leafs with a grain of salt because I did not get the job done there. So I never was in a position to add or not. We were always trying to sell. So to me, um, I'll, I'll plead the fifth on that. But I'll also say it doesn't change my view on what they should do. I don't think it's time to sell yet. They got too many good players. They're too good a team most nights. They're getting beat by mental mistakes, in my opinion. They're beating themselves it's uncharacteristic. That's why Sheldon Keefe was so mad the other night. I wish he hadn't gone as hard as he did, but I, I sympathize with him because I'd had enough to watch in that game. You beat yourself, that's one thing. If you, if you get beat, some nights you get beat. And, Jay, you played for me. You know this. Some nights we play well, we get beat. That's the luck of the draw. That's why they play the games. That's why there's a scoreboard in every rink in Canada. Keep score. But uh, sometimes you play well and don't win. Sometimes you beat yourself. They beat themselves. Totally agree. The the goal, the goaltending, the Islanders goaltender was brilliant. They played well enough to win that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Losing happens. I think in this market, the frustration is the way they're losing and, and totally agree with, you know, not being mentally prepared to start the games, you know, not being able to adjust and hold on to your leads. The way they lose is especially frustrating. How much of that, if you're the GM, would you attribute to the players themselves not doing what they need to do to be professionals or, or the coach? Is he not giving them in the mindset? Is he not, you know, providing the platform for them to go and have success? Do you think a lot of the, the shoulder should be on Sheldon Keefe or is he doing everything he can? 
Well, I think there's a blend somewhere in between. As you know, Rosie, there's no easy answers in hockey. I don't mm-hmm. think coach that not knowing that a guy's coming out of the penalty box, that's not the coach's job. You shouldn't have to take a timeout and say, guys, there's 42 seconds left on this penalty. So after mm-hmm. we run out about 30 seconds from now, we got to start looking behind us to make sure we cover that back door. That's something that you do in training camp. That's not something you do after the all-star break. So to me, you can't blame the coach for that. And Morgan Riley on the winning goal just made a mental mistake. It was a bad exchange. He flubbed the he flubbed the transfer up the wall. That happens. I don't think you blame the coach for that. When a coach, uh, one of your key players, makes a mistake, again, a guy's been playing great for you. So at some point, it's got to rest with the coach. But I, as far as knowing when a guy comes, uh, Jay. How old were you when you knew a guy coming out of the penalty box was dangerous? Were you 12, 11? Yeah, I was talking about my U11 team, man. We talk about that at that level. So it's just pretty unacceptable at the NHL level. They took too long a shift on the power play. So they they know if you're doing this, and I don't mind guys taking a longer shift on the power play when you got to lead players. But then you've really got to know. You can't yeah. flub a, a, a lost puck near the top of the blue line and it gets kicked right out to the guy coming out of the box. So you've got to know the fatigue factor. You got to know who's on the ice. You got to know who's there, and you got to be aware of the guy coming out of the box. I fail to see how that is Sheldon Keith's problem. Yeah, I, I don't think it was inaccurate to call it a peewee play either. But uh, I just the more and more we watch Sheldon Keith Berkey the last couple months, he just seems spent. Like I mean, you've been through the ringer with different organizations. You've seen head coaches. It just seems like the pressure is ramping up for him. Like in the last couple months, would you agree? Yeah, but I think that's Toronto. Yeah. yeah, that's Toronto. And Sheldon Keith's been a winning coach everywhere he's ever gone. And he's continued to coach well here and play well here. I'm not, uh, put it this way, I'm not one of those people who think it's time for coaching change myself. I, I believe, and I don't know Sheldon that well. I have a good relationship with a lot of coaches. I don't know Sheldon that well. I like what I know of him, and I've tried to get to know him a little bit, but I like him as a coach. I, I've watched him coach going back to junior, coaching in Bembroke. This guy's a winning coach. But right now, you can sense there's some pressure. That's Toronto. It's not easy there. Sounds good, Berkey. Well, we always appreciate your insight on this show. Thank you so much for your time today. Great seeing you at All-Star again. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks, Berkey. Take care. I love it. I just love He's still got the tie look. Like, he's just, everything's the same, man. <laughs> I was going to ask him if I could show him how to tie a double Windsor. I'm, uh, I don't even know if he would know anymore. <laughs> it's so cool because, like, you got the perspective of like working for Berkey in the NHL. And I worked with Berkey at the media level. And it's like the same guy, it seems. You know what I mean? Like Berkey's always somebody who says yes to us, comes on with us. Uh, he was such a pro to work with over at Sportsnet. Like I had the best times, did a lot of shows with him and Anthony Stewart. And the one thing I love him, I love about him is just like he'll always give you his concrete opinion on something, whether it's a good opinion, a bad opinion. And regardless if he knows the parties involved, like let's not forget and lose sight of the fact that he's obviously pretty tight or was pretty tight with Brad Tree Living, employed Brad Tree Living. Like there's a connection there, but he's not afraid to share his opinion, which I appreciate. No, he's honest. That's one of my biggest yeah. things of playing with him. I mean, not everything goes well all the time. And if it's not going well and he's talking about it, it's not a surprise. He's not, he doesn't make stuff up. He doesn't play games. He doesn't do smoke and mirrors and all the bullshit and the mind games, none of that. And I always loved and respected that. And there's a reason that he's, 
been in the game for so long and I believe he'll continue to be in the game for as long as he wants. He's extremely versatile as well. He can be a, a GM. He can be a president. He can be in the media. He can help run the PWHL. He can be in pride things. He can be all over the, the spectrum of, of hockey in general and new things, old things, all kinds of things. And it's because of the way he's handled himself, what his reputation is. He doesn't burn bridges because he's not a rat. He's not a liar. He's not any of those things. He's dead honest. He's, this is my opinion. Um, like right there, he says, I don't really know Sheldon Keefe that well. He's not going to yeah. sit here and go, he's a great, like he just, it's all honest and you know what you're getting with him, And, and he's no dummy, which makes it, you know, that much better. So always good to get him on, get his opinion and, and hear him talk. And, <laughs> you know, as the world and the game changes and everything else, I, I appreciate Brian Burke more and more every time I talk to him. Absolute legend. And I thought that was really witty of you to come back with the portobello mushroom melt. Uh, conversation when you asked him about buble and mushrooms i guess he wasn't his dealer for that i was talking about the wendy's portobello mushroom melt and i don't know what you guys were talking about but good plug good plug the botano wrap-up is presented by botano.ca the game starts now 19 plus please play responsibly major announcement folks botano is the official partner of copa america 2024 taking the beautiful game to new heights in the americas join botano on their journey of passion unity and unforgettable Football moments. So it's the Leafs and the Dallas Stars tonight, Rosie. I'm going with yes. the Leafs money line. I know you're not a big guy with statistics, but I've been rolling these things out for years when it comes to NHL betting, and it seems to hit. So they've won five in a row, six to seven. Dallas on the back end of the back-to-back. It's their backup goalie. We'll just put it this way. If the Leafs lose this game, I'll come on the show and rip the shit out of this team. They need to win. They need to win this fucking game. They, they just need to win it. When we were talking about it earlier, I said, I'm going to mash, mash, mash the Leafs here at uh, Moneyline minus, minus 130, of course. But, dude, I, I just think it's uh, it's everything lines up for them to win this game. And I know. It scares we've me. We've had though. our hearts broken before, <laughs> and maybe some very leafy thing will happen where two goals get disallowed and Lord knows what else. Oh. But um, I have got my eggs in the Moneyline Leafs basket tonight as well, man. Yeah, just dude, uh, again, we we did a show yesterday. Obviously, you weren't there, but I I didn't I wasn't like angry Alberga if that makes sense. Where like I'm just so tired of that conversation. This is the Leafs. They're going to give it some games, they're going to give it some shifts, sometimes they're not. They're just very very inconsistent. I think you're so accurate with that breakdown of this hockey game where we have no clue which hockey team's going to show up. We hope it's the really really strong competitive Maple Leafs team. Producer Vic by the way likes a Nick Robertson Anytime goal. I mentioned earlier, Robertson versus Robertson once again in the NHL. Man, I talked about this yesterday. Like, if the core four doesn't score, like, this team is fucked. Like, the bottom six, like, you don't get the sense that, like, oh, there could be a shift where they break through and score a goal. Like, Domi's been fighting it. I know Bertuzzi's been in the top six, but fighting it. They, they need their bottom six to produce at least one goal in this game, or I don't know if they win it uh, because I think it's a pretty simple game plan and simple underline that obviously with the immense talented Leafs that they have on that roster, but it, it's, it's just a pretty easy team to play right now, in my opinion. Well, they, they just don't get rolling, right? They don't get rolling where it's just wave after wave of, we are a momentum machine that just keeps coming at you. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of nothing or else Austin Matthews or Marner or someone's doing their thing out there and make this highlight real goal. And, oh, everyone cheers and you see that fucking how good is he? <laughs> Great. Austin Matthews gets two and one. You know, we have a chance to win the game. But 
I mean, that's kind of the knock on this team. And that's why people don't like the core four. And that's why I knock on Mitch Marner. It's not because I don't like Mitch Marner. Well, but it's not because he's not a good hockey player. It's not because he's not a value to teams and whatnot. And you can pull up his points till you're blue in the fucking face. Uh, They are what they are. I understand all of that. My point is when you have that much invested in one small faction of a team and you have to rely on that to win good luck going the distance man especially when that group isn't a nathan mckinnon that doesn't have a battle and they're not horses they are they're talented they are fancy and they are highly skilled and they can get it done in this league all the time with with that leading the charge but as as far as a team that wins a stanley cup that's the knock on it man and you just said Mm -hmm. it if the if the core four isn't ripping they don't win games and those guys that were we were hoping to have more out of like the Domies and the Bertuzzi's those are the fill-in guys that come with waves of momentum and just keep coming at the other team in waves that overwhelms them and you just smash teams and go on winning streaks they don't do that because they don't have that right now and I'm sure they're looking to rectify it there's still time there is still time and plenty of time ahead as well between now and the March 8th trade deadline thanks for this Rosie Smell you later, man. Hopefully tomorrow we got some money in our pocket and the Leafs double ya. Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, thank you to Brian Burke for stopping by the show. Everybody in the chat, as per usual, fantastic. Phenomenal stuff at the Leafs Nation 4-1. Leafs want to take wherever you find your podcast. We'll be back on Thursday. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 